Okay, so I am on early at 6.17. Uh, we'll actually officially start at 6.30, but uh, I thought I would come on and uh, just kind of visit with you guys, just tell you I love you, and I think it, you're, you're just a real blessing. I wish that I could do this with every one of the programs where we could have people come on and talk and ask questions and things like that. And uh, we've got some new platforms that were going on today. So we are not certain what is going to come on. Shalom. Shlika. Shlika mavinia avrit. So if anyone knows what I'm saying. Shlika ata mavinia avrit. Watching from Iowa. Binyamin. So a little, a uh, little bit of a, uh, little bit of a secret. So I've been studying Hebrew, learning the various letters and what they mean. Not just modern Hebrew, but ancient Hebrew. And uh, each one of these, like for example, this is the Lamed, and then on the back I have put what it means, Lamed. And uh, it means rod or authority, and it's actually a shepherd's staff. And it's been very interesting what I have learned some of the words mean, like Yahweh. Everybody is always talking about, well, you know, you need to pronounce it yeah, Yahweh, or then there's Yahushua, or Yahushua, or so many different ways to pronounce it. So I've actually done some research on it. And uh, Yahweh is actually Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey. Take me a minute to pull up all of those letters here. Let's see if I can pull up one here. Let's say Yod. I don't have them in order. I mean, so I, these are my flashcards where I flash it up to myself and then flip it over and see if I've got it right. And whatever reason, I'm not finding one. Okay. Uh, all right. Like, for example. That's a bet. I gotta find one. Okay. Gotta find one to show you here. Surely I can find one. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Okay, so Jehovah is actually four, not not looking at the modern words, but the ancient Hebrew script, which were actually pictures, kind of like uh um, hieroglyphics were actually pictures. Well, the first Hebrew written word were not like they have today, not the modern Hebrew. They were script or script, script, not the script, not the script but they were uh, pictures. Like, for example, Yod He Vav He, the Yod is, it means hand. That's what it means. It's a picture of a hand, Yod. And then He, the picture there is someone holding up their hands like this and basically saying, hey, so it's that that's the picture. If I can get this where it looks right here. Anyway, I'm not I'm not prepared. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Yod, hey, vav, hey. And then this is the picture of the vav or some people pronounce it wa. And it's a nail. So yod, hey, vav, hey stands for hand people, 
nail people. So God named himself, in my opinion, this is what he was saying. I'm the God that will nail his hand with the nail for his people. So yod heh vav or Jehovah, means the God that will nail his hand for his people. I think that's really cool. I never heard that before. These are some of the things I've recently discovered by starting to research Hebrew. And uh, some amazing things, like what does Israel really mean? What does Jerusalem really mean? Gabriel, what does that really mean? And I, I discovered something very interesting about what uh, about what uh, uh, Sodom means. It means door to the mother. Yes, and by the way, Gomorrah is not actually, you know, there. there it, it, sometimes it's difficult translating some of the Hebrew letters and Hebrew words into English. We say Gomorrah, but the correct pronunciation is Samora with a TZ or Sadi. It starts with a Sadi. Anyway, so I've done some research and Gomorrah, excuse me, uh, uh, Sodom is actually the door to the mother. That's what it means. And I think it means door to the mother load or door to the massive amounts of crude oil, which, of course, you know, hopefully we get to go there real soon and drill for oil. Uh, oh, also, someone suggested I should uh, I should ask you if you have a question of me so that I can spot it quickly. If you'll put a cue that, that way I can just look through for the cues and I see. Oh, there's a, a cue. And uh, so that tells me there's a question. Um, okay, let me look through this. Let's see. Blessings from St. Louis. Yes. Tell me where you're from. This would be very interesting. Talbot, Port Talbot, UK. Wow. Ancient, yes, it's very interesting. Binyamin. That's the way you re really pronounce that, I believe. I haven't done a whole lot of research in there, so I could be wrong. Uh, okay, let's see. <laughs> so it's all, it's all Greek to me. Well, it's all Hebrew to me, but it's, it's a whole nother world, whole nother world. Um, what else? Monday's program is going to be real powerful. I ran across this guy and I'm pretty sure he's never heard of prophecy club before, but he had two dreams that are almost exactly what some of the other people had put out. Uh, also, I should have mentioned that I'm doing the Bible study for this, this Friday night, so we probably missed a whole lot of people that didn't know I'm doing the Bible study. And my son, Sean, has talked me into doing the Bible study through the summer. Now, there may be some times that I can't do it, but at least you know that my heart is every Friday evening at 6.30 to come on and to do the Bible study. Uh, let's see. Anything else for me? Berryman, Bremerton, Washington. Brooklyn, New York, Wisconsin. All right. I decided not to wear my normal red shirt since it's the Bible study. And so I look like a, a caution cone. A parking lot cone. <laughs> That's the color of the shirt. 
Got about five minutes. Anybody have a quick question? Hopefully something related to Bible prophecy or the Bible. I'll take a quick question. We've got five minutes before we start. Yeah, Hebrew sounds like a difficult language. Yes, it is. Shlikah is excuse me. Atah. And what one of the, you know, in, in American or in English, we can talk all day long and not reference whether we think that person is a male or a female. However, in English, or excuse me, in Hebrew, it's not that way. Uh, if I say me, for example, ata, like I'm ata, but if I'm talking to a woman, I'm to refer to her as at. So, I mean, like about every third word, you're having to change the word if you're talking to a woman. So you talk to a woman very differently than you do a man. And boy, you know, that can really get you in trouble. I mean, I've seen some people like, I actually recently, I looked at them and I thought, are they male or are they female? So I don't know how the, the Hebrews do it. Uh, I think it could be just a real problem, especially now here. Uh, no, uh, I thought I had it. I thought I, I can pull it up, but it's not necessary. Anyway, so they just passed a law in Michigan that now if you say a pronoun that offends someone, you could get a $10,000 fine. And of course, Coverstone had, there was shown that in a dream that there's a time coming when Christians are going to be arrested for saying things like Jesus is the only way to heaven, saying that uh, you can tell whether you're male or female by looking between your legs, you know? Okay, but these days you can <laughs> call yourself whatever you want. So that's a problem. Uh, what's a good King James study Bible? Um, it's interesting you ask because I spent two hours on the phone. No, not on the phone, about 30 minutes on the phone, but about two hours researching the Internet trying to find a Bible. I wanted to have a Bible that I could give away when someone receives Jesus. I can say, I'll send you a Bible. And I didn't want junk. I didn't want like this. Uh, let's see. What do they call it? Leather. Bonded leather. It's actually just cardboard, okay? And I've got one of those Bibles. And it's, the inside Bible is really good. It's the right font. It's the right size. And I found it very difficult. As a matter of fact, I'm even talking to a, a company about possibly printing some Bibles specifically just for me to give away. What I'm looking for, in case you want to, in case somebody can help me find what I'm looking for, I'd like for the size to be 6 by 9 or 7 by 10. Six by nine, seven by ten. Why? Because I want it to lay open. I prefer cow leather. I will not accept goat skin. I will not accept pig skin. I can't imagine wrapping God's word in pig skin or goat skin. <laughs> okay, lamb skin, yeah. Okay, not a problem. But lamb skin is just not as tough. I prefer cowhide. I want it to be 14 point, but I will accept 12 point. I'd like for it to be red letter. And I don't want all of the other stuff in it. I don't want any study notes. I don't want any maps. 
I just want Bible. King James, the authorized King James Version. Now, you'd think that you'd be able to find that. No. Now, instead, and, and here's the thing. It should be in the ballpark of $20 or $30 a Bible, okay, especially if you buy them wholesale. Now, they're $150, $200 for a Bible. It's like, okay, they, we're going to put all these study notes into them co to convince you that you're actually going to study it and read it. All you got to do is get together with a good Bible study. All right, we're one minute away. Let's see. Uh, what's a good King James study Bible? Uh, I would recommend you don't get a study Bible. If you hear and answer your question, if you're going to get a study Bible, the only one I would suggest at this point is um, <laughs> I had it and I lost it. Something else jumped in my mind. Uh, Dakes, Dakes study Bible. That's the one I have used for years. And it, having a study Bible is helpful because you can go in and it's already done a lot of the research for you. The only thing is the Dakes is the guy's a pre-tribber and that's a little, I mean, I just look over it. Just, just look over it. Question in Ezekiel 34, 23 and 24, God says he's to bring David back. Is this, says he's bringing David back. I think is what you mean. Is this like, oh, it jumped. Is this like, okay, this is, I lost, it jumped and I lost my place. Hang on. Is this like bringing him back to earth in the last days? Well, I don't know. I have to look that up. My plan is to do a chapter and then we'll stop and then I'll read through the questions. So if you're just talking to someone else, then I may not read that. So if you want me to answer or answer a question, then put a cue before the question. All right, so it's 6.30. Let's get started. Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. Lord, we know that you kill, you make alive, you wound, you heal, and neither can any deliver out of your hand. You have the keys of hell and death. You are the righteous judge. You decide who dies, when they die, how they die, and where they spend all of eternity, or if they don't have an eternity. Wisdom and might are yours. You change the times and seasons. You removeth kings and setteth up kings. You giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You revealeth the deep and secret things. You knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with you. And Lord, we ask that you would open our spiritual eyes and help us to see, to know, and to understand. Show us the deep and secret things within your word tonight. And help us all to be prepared to be that answer to that person with a question. To be able to point them to Jesus. And that we would all be ready and prepared for serving you and serving your people. And also to resist the mark of the beast and to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, it's very important that we pray before we get into studying the Bible because it's not just ink on paper. We've got to actually have the Holy Spirit show us. I believe that there are some people that don't have the Holy Spirit that aren't real Christians. They read the Bible, and it's like Hebrew. <laughs> it's like Greek. They just can't understand it. And it's because the Holy Spirit is not revealing it to us. 
And I want to also give the Holy Spirit some credit because as I go through teaching this Bible study, I'm still learning too. There's a lot of things in here that I didn't see before. He could, he could, because his word is eternal. Sometimes we can't know it all. We just can't. He's continually showing us the things. All right. So, all right, let's get started. And I'm going to go over to the Bible so you can see it along with us. Now, let me see if I can do this right here. Uh, settings. I think that's where I do it. No. Oops. Well, I thought I had this down. New studios and stop can present. Ah, here we go. Share screen. That's what I want. Window. And that's what I want. All right. So let's start at Acts chapter 10. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Now, I always make a joke here, and I'm, I'm not really joking, but the joke is, see, they had bands back in those days, too. In this case, he was a member of the Italian band. So, so much for the joke. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. So, is it important to give? It is. I wish... I've been praying a lot. God would give me a way that I could teach and help people to understand the joy of giving. There's a joy of giving. Uh, if, if you haven't given where the Holy Spirit has directed you, and if you haven't given to someone in such need to where they just explode in tears when you give it to them, you've missed one of the joys of being a Christian. You can't understand what it's like. Uh, I could give you a lot of examples, but let's, let's put it this way. Pray and ask God to show you someone in need that you can give to or something in need that you can give to where it'll bring a tear. He will show you. All you have to do is just be faithful to give and know that He's in control of everybody's heart. He's in control of all the gold and silver is his. All the cattle on a thousand hills are his. And he, I, I've seen him. I've trusted him many, many, many times. I've given. And there was some times when I give, I gave, and it was a large amount. And I went, but I trust you, Lord. Matter of fact, one of those even recently, as, as, I, as I clicked to send an amount to someone, before I clicked, I said, Lord, I'm doing this because I believe you. I know you spoke to me to give it. And I said, so I'm doing this. It's a little scary, but click. And would you believe the next day that and more was returned? A devout man and one that feared God with all his house, all his house. So we shouldn't have those prodigal sons and daughters in our house, uh, but in my case, I do. I have a prodigal son raised by his godless mother uh, from a divorce before I was walking with the Lord, and he's still not walking with the Lord. 
Anyway, a devout man went feared God with all his house, which gave alms to the people, much alms with the people, and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it? Lord? In other words, he's not exactly certain what he's seeing here. And he said in him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up before a memorial before God. How many times have we prayed and said, Lord, I'd like for you to send an angel. Or I'd like for you to speak to me. I'd like the Okay, and we ask and we ask and we ask. But sometimes we ask amiss because we don't ask following the pattern or the plan. The plan is right here. If you want God to send an angel to you, one of the things that it's saying is your prayers and your alms <clears throat> have to be a lot, have to be correct. I would suggest that a person has at a minimum a prayer closet, minimum. And, you know, the, the Muslims roll down a little carpet, they get down on their knees, and they touch their forehead to the carpet five times a day, facing eastward toward Mecca. I've been in hotel rooms in Muslim countries, and you could, maybe it's in a drawer, maybe it's up in a corner, but they always have a little green arrow, and that green arrow is pointing east toward Mecca. In other words, they don't have to worry about, okay, now, which, what is the direction here? That little green arrow tells all the Muslims, this is the direction to pray toward Mecca because they get on their knees, touch their forehead. And they're, I mean, I, I, when we were in Saudi Arabia, we, you know, it was like two hours between stops, just nothing but desert. And so when there was a time to have a little potty break, everybody gets out and goes to the potty. But all these Muslims went over. There were six or eight of them that were driving the cars we were in. And they all put down their little prayer rugs. And they all got on their knees. One was in the front. And they were all facing toward Mecca. And they would touch their head and pray a different prayer. And they would touch their head, pray a different prayer, touch their head. Now, here's the point. If a Muslim can get on his knees, touch his forehead to the mat, and pray five times a day, Shouldn't a Christian be able to get on their knees at least once a day? See, because when I'm talking about a prayer closet, I'm not talking about driving to work. Yeah, you can pray driving, sure. But that's not a prayer closet. A prayer closet is when you get away from the world, away from the husband, the wife, the kids, the TV, the whatever. And you get on your knees. I specifically don't touch my forehead to the carpet every night, but I get on my knees. And I worship. Now, let me explain. Praise is telling God what he does and that you love him for it. Worship is telling God who he is and that you love him for it. As I started this Bible study, great marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Okay, works, that's praise. I'm praising God for his works. And then that thing I'll say is worthy is the lamb. Worthy is lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because you were slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. That's worship. That's telling him who he is and that you love him for it. When I go into my prayer closet, I do very little praise. It's mostly worship. And surprisingly, I don't do the gimme, gimme, gimme. I don't go into a prayer closet to get. 
I go into a prayer closet to give. I seldom, surprisingly, I seldom pray for the people. Maybe that's a selfish thing, but I don't. To me, a prayer closet is not about asking. It's not about getting. It's not going in to say, Lord, I need this, I need this. Matter of fact, (laughs) several years ago, I told the Lord, I said, I am not asking for money ever, ever, ever again. I'm just going to do the right thing because I know you're the righteous judge. I know you will do the right thing, and he's been faithful. When I go into the prayer closet, I go in there to worship God. How how can I explain? Okay, like I said there earlier, wisdom and might are yours. That's worship. When I say, um, all right, I'm kind of drawing a blank because kind of like he doesn't want me to, to go there, okay? That's his personal time with me, and that's my personal time with him. And so you made heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and things that therein are, and the sea and the things that are therein. That's worship. I go in there to tell my God how much I love him, how awesome I think he is, period. Period. That's, to me, that's a prayer closet. Now, that's not saying we can't pray for the people. We should. That's not saying we can't worship, praise him. We can, and we should. But in my opinion, a prayer closet is telling God what you think of him and that you love him for it. Okay, so it was his prayers and his alms that got the angel visit that came up from memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa, and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angels spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants, and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. Now, that's another thing. When you start worshiping God, when you are serving God, continually when you when when we pray when we worship when we follow the teachings in the bible when we do that continually here's what i've seen i've seen god raise up people that were nothings and make them somethings i've seen people that were struggling soon to get out of the struggling and start getting blessed to the point to where they start having people that want to help them. I don't like pastors that expect people to bring them water, okay, to serve them. I like it where the pastor or the the man or woman of God is simply doing their best to get close to God. Then God lays on their heart to help because they're not, they're not serving that pastor or that prophet. They're helping God. And all of a sudden, people come around and they want to help. And that's the way it ought to be. And here's what's happening with Cornelius. So he's having people helping in his house. Maybe they're paid, maybe they weren't. Um, people to... Well, wait on him continually. 
uh, people want to do things, not because it's a person, it's because they know that person is serving God. Because a real man and woman of God, they're trying to get closer to God all of the time. Others see that. And so they're trying to follow that path to get closer to God too. And in that process, they get people that want to help because they're helping them get closer to God and they want to help them back. And that's a good thing. When he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh to the cedar, to the city, Peter went upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending upon him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. In other words, unclean animals. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter's about to learn something. But Peter said, No, 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 not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Now, what's he talking about? Things like, for example, pork. Wesley and I don't eat pork. Um, we, when we bring, when they bring us a salad, we specifically tell them no bacon bits on our salad. Um, there, and it's not that. It's a sin to us. Let me rephrase that. It's not that it's a sin to God. It's that it would be a sin to us. In other words, it's not good for us to eat things like pork and other things like that. The Bible explains them. I'll go on. And the voice spake again to him a second time and said, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. Why? Because he's about to have Peter talk to someone that Peter normally would not talk to. This was done thrice, and the vessel was raised up, raised up unto heaven. Now, why was it done three times? Because the Bible says, you know, got it. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. So when he had it, when, when the voice said it three times, he knew it was God, and he knew he should do it. I'll give you an example here recently. Um, okay, this keeps coming to me, so I guess I'll tell you, but I'm not going to tell you all the details. There was a very close friend. He probably is even watching this Bible study. And he called, and one of his very, very, very close friends was in a great deal of trouble. And... That's all I'll say, just a great deal of trouble. And he broke down and cried, just, just boo-hooed several times on the phone. Please, Stan, please, Stan, can you help them? Please, can you help them? And because of the situation, most times I just would have said, yeah. But in this particular occasion, there were a lot of circumstances about it. If I were to tell you, if I were to say more, then it would reveal what was going on, and I don't want to do that. So I prayed, and the Lord spoke to my heart, said, go ahead and give it. Yeah, but Lord, 
but 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 you know this this thing and he said again go ahead and give it normally what it wouldn't give but there was a circumstance and i no there wasn't one there was two circumstances i knew that first of all it was also a lot of money but that it had nothing to do with the amount of the money because whatever the amount god can pay it back and we don't get expecting to receive something in return though we know we're going to so in this one case i just closed my eyes it was during the day a lot of things busy and everything going on and i just closed my eyes and in my heart i didn't even get the request out and the anointing touched me and I, I, in this case, I specifically said, Lord, if it's you, I want you to touch the very crown of the top of my head. And I didn't even get the thought out until I, it just felt just like that, just like someone touching the very top of my head. And I knew that I should give. So I went on and I, I wired it. And that was the one where it was it was a large amount of money there was a lot at stake there was there was a lot at stake and there was a lot of issues with it and it was going overseas and there would be no return okay if there was a mistake made there would be no return but when we give to god it doesn't make any difference whether it's going overseas it doesn't make any difference if it is a scam if it has an issue, it doesn't make any difference. Either we heard from God or we didn't hear from God, period, period. And so I knew without saying anything, the only person that could know my request would be the Holy Spirit. It was said in my heart. And when he touched me right there, I absolutely positively knew. So I went to the computer. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd already, because because you got, you know, I, I sent like a small amount, like $22 to just to make sure it really arrived. And yes, the person called. Yes, I got the money. Okay, so I knew because you, you try to send a large amount the first time, it won't go through. Okay, you got to send a small amount. And then when they say they got that small amount, then you know that and I even waited like a day or a couple of days to make certain that, that the person said, he's yes, he got it. That was when I said, Lord, I'm sending this because I believe you. And I'm sending this because I know I heard you. And when I send it, and I, and, and I waited three, four hours to call the guy. And I, and, uh, I mean, he, 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 he couldn't even talk. Just crying, just crying because of the situation. Just you don't, you don't know just how much we needed that. You just don't know. There's a joy of giving. There's a joy. Ask the Lord, say, and, and I'm not taking a donation for Prophecy Club, or the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Matter of fact, that's one of the reasons I hesitate talking about this, because then I think, oh, yeah, well, they're probably going to think I'm trying to get some kind of a donation. If I if I may, I don't ask you for donations. I ask the Lord. 
that is as of three years ago, I stopped doing that, but I, I get, I, I simply give when he tells me to give and the rest of it happens. That's the reason again. Okay. Enough, 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 enough. I'm saying there's a joy to giving. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's where Cornelius was. He was a giver. He feared God. His whole house feared God. So now as a result, God is about to use him. I'll tell you where this is going. God used Cornelius to take the gospel from the Jews and give it to the Gentiles. If it not for this example right here, you and I might not have ever heard the name Jesus. So what God gave to Cornelius here, huge. This is probably millions and millions of souls that will be attributed to Cornelius through Peter because he did it this way. So this is no small thing here. This is huge. And Cornelius got the giving, excuse me, he got the blessing because of his prayers. You can rest assured it was praying at least once a day on his knees. Daniel prayed three times a day on his knees. Now, while while Peter doubted himself what the vision was, the scene should mean, behold, the men who were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. So as Peter is seeing this sheet come down with these filthy, dirty animals on it, there's a knock on the door. I mean, to talk about the timing of God and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the speaker said to him, the spirit said to him, behold, three men seek thee. Leslie says that the best way to hear God is actually not an audible voice, a dream or a vision, an angel visit. She says, you want to be so attuned to the Holy Spirit that you hear him here. And that's what I suggest you do. Just pray and say, Lord, show me someone that I can make cry by giving to them. And it may be a $20 bill to a person on the street. You never know. It doesn't have to be a big amount. But he will show you. And then you be faithful to that. And slowly but surely you can start moving into a time where you can enjoy the joy of giving. That's where Cornelius was. He was enjoying the joy of giving. So the Spirit spoke to him. Three men are at the front door. Three men seek thee. Three men are about to talk to you. Arise, therefore, and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent into him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom thou seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? So Peter doesn't even know. Other than this, see, because these were not Jews, Peter wouldn't have even talked to them. But because the vessel was let down, three times he saw the vision where God scolded him and said, don't you call what I call clean. Don't you call it unclean. And then the door came, knocked, came to the door. The Holy Spirit told him, three men going to talk to you. Okay, so now Peter knows this is ordained of God. This was sent by God. It was the hand of God. So he needed to bend his ear forward and pay attention. Listen. And they said, Cornelius. 
the centurion, a just man, and one that fears God and is a good report among all the nations of Jews was, was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. You have that? Okay, so Peter's up on the rooftop. He's praying. He sees this sheet. Here's the audible voice of God tell him, don't call things common that I call clean. Goes to the front door. These people are saying, look it, we were sent by God. You're supposed to tell us something. <laughs> That's the situation. Then called he them in, lodged them. And on the morrow, Peter went away with them, and certain brethren of Joppa accompanied him. And on the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and he had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found that many were come together. And he said to them, You know how that it is, an awful, an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come into another one of another nation. In other words, Jews were not supposed to be talking to this guy is not a Jew. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean, that he has said is clean. Okay. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying. In other words, without saying, I'm not going to talk to you. Without gainsaying. As soon as I was sent for, I asked therefore for what intent you have sent for me. And Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. Okay, so that's another thing. Now we're talking about, so he's praying, he's giving, he's fasting. He's praying, he's giving, he's fasting. He's praying, he's giving, he's fasting. Those are three really, really, really big things. If you want to get closer to God, see, because praying takes, you know, almost every evening, I'll start getting emotional if I start talking about this. Every evening when I, when I fall to my knees to worship God, I come to him with thanksgiving in my heart, and I tell him, thank you. Thank you for putting my name in the book. Thank you. I'm, I'm so overblessed that you called me to serve you and to serve your people. I do not deserve it. And when I fall to my knees, I'll say, it is no trouble. It is no trouble to come to worship you. It is the center of my life. It's the center of my world. It's the most important thing I do every day. It is no trouble. So I just want to call or to come and to, to say that I love you. I love you with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And it is no trouble for me to worship you. And that's where Cornelius is. At this time, he's not certain, but what Peter is another angel coming to talk to him. Therefore, I came to you without gates, saying, As soon as I was set for, I asked, therefore, what intent have you set for me? And Cornelius said, Four days ago, I was fasting. So are you fasting? You know, if you aren't fasting, let me encourage you to maybe join Fast Track. Uh, go to Prophecy Club, slide down to the bottom, join the Fast Track team. That's where you pray for Prophecy Club. If you want to pray for America, join the Fast Gap team. We fast every Tuesday from 
uh, midnight until Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. It's a simple fast. We just ask you to don't eat food. You can still have coffee and drinks and, you know, juice and stuff like that. But here's what I've noticed, that when I'm fasting for God, I don't get hungry. I never get hungry. The fasting is, is easy when you're doing it for the Lord. Okay, so anyway. I was fasting into this hour, and at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. Angel, okay? And said, Cornelius, thy prayers heard, and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. You want an angel visit? Fast, pray, give alms. Send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon, a tanner by the seaside, who... When he cometh, shall speak unto thee. Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee. And thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all the things that are commanded of thee. So I'm I'm listening to you. I've asked you to come to me. So perhaps Cornelius was not in good health or couldn't travel or whatever. So he asked Peter. Peter showed up. Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. In other words, I'm sent to talk to you, even though you're just this filthy Gentile. (laughs) That's the way we would say it. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed to the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of these things, which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but under the witnesses chosen before God even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Okay, so what's going on? Peter is giving him the gospel. So Cornelius was fasting, praying, and giving. Fasting, praying, giving. Fasting, praying, giving. But apparently, he had not heard of Jesus. Is that a problem? I would say that's a big problem. I would say Cornelius was in serious trouble because he had not got the gospel. Yes, he was fasting. He was praying. He was giving. That was very good. And because he was doing that good, then God showed him even more. I remember, I wish I had noted the exact month and day at the time, but it was in 1987. might have been 86. 1987, I believe. I was teaching a class in Bible prophecy. And I wasn't teaching it because I was an expert. I was teaching because I wanted to learn. And I'd heard, you know, the best way to learn is to be a teacher. So I decided, well, I asked the pastor. He let me start a, a class in Bible prophecy. But I started telling people that Revelation 18 had to be talking about America. Meaning I saw it first. Then a few Sundays later, a lady walked up and handed me an audio tape of Dimitri Dudeman giving his testimony of how he had 
been tortured for five months, put on the electric chair twice, and the angel Gabriel told him that America is the mystery Babylon that Russia would attack in a surprise nuclear attack. So it's because I saw it first, then God brought it to me even deeper. So it's because Cornelius here first was fasting, praying, and giving alms. He was doing a lot of things right. Then God gave him more. Remember to take from him that the one and give it to him that had 10 talents. So God raised him up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to the witnesses, chosen before God, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. So Cornelius just got saved because of his fasting, his prayer, and his giving. Cornelius was the first Gentile to get the gospel. Till then, it was only given to the Jews. And the Jews had nothing to do with the Gentiles. The Gentiles, without Cornelius, you and I would probably have not heard about Jesus. Never can tell, but maybe not. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he, meaning Jesus, which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead, meaning those both living and the dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins or the washing away the sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. I've told you, August the 15th, excuse me, August the 8th of 2015, get my numbers right. Saturday night, Lord, what do you want me to say for the sermon tomorrow morning? And I heard words. They said, this is the time of miracles. Miracles like no one has ever seen. Going all the way back to Adam and Eve, no one has seen the kind of miracles I'm about to bring. You tell them I will never leave them nor forsake them. And I'm going to meet the devil, inch for inch, step for step, pound for pound, everything he does, I'm going to meet him. I believe, for other reasons too, that soon and very soon, maybe within a year or two or three, who knows, there's coming a time when there's a great revival going to hit America and the whole world. And it's going to be after the judgment hits. I don't know if that judgment is suitcase nukes. I don't know if that judgment is the dollar falling to zero or a tsunami caused by a meteor hitting down by Puerto Rico, which is what I'm talking about in the Monday program. You don't want to miss it. I don't know what exactly the, 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 the judgment is, but there's a time coming when we're going to see people turn in America, turn to Jesus in mass. He's shown me a dream and a vision of me speaking in a sports stadium and people coming down out of the bleachers, big tears in their eyes, falling on their knees, giving their heart to Jesus. Those, th this is coming. And I believe you're watching this Bible study tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart right now. And I believe that he's nudging you to get your life right and to start getting closer to him because he wants to use you in that great harvest. I don't have the date memorized, but I had a dream. Before I fell asleep, I said, Lord, I just want to say, now, I said it out loud. I didn't say it loud enough to wake up Leslie laying beside me. She was already asleep. But I said, Lord, I just want to say, 
I love you more than I love my wife, more than my children, more than the life, more than the, the beat of my heart, the breath of my lungs. I love you more than anything. Well, I guess that was the key because that night, first of all, I, I heard the words, I'm giving you part of the harvest from the seeds sown by Billy Graham. Then a piece of paper appeared up and to the right, about two foot by two foot. And I had a, a, a sword appear to my hand. Two, I held it with two hands. It was light. It was very sharp. I could spin around in any direction. And I took that sword and I cut off about a third of that paper. And I believe that it's saying that he's going to give me about the third the number of souls that he gave Billy Graham. I believe that it's saying that there's that I'm going to be part of a great revival. I believe you are going to be part of a great revival. Now, to what degree? That's up to you. Are you going to fast? Are you going to pray? Are you going to give alms? Are you going to get close enough to the Lord where he will look down and say, this one and this one and this one and send you over to maybe a sports stadium where people are giving their heart to Jesus? I don't know. I don't know, but I believe in our lifetime, we will see great miracles like no one has seen all the way back to Adam and Eve. No one has seen the kind of miracles we're about to see. This was the start of it. This was when the gospel left only to the Jews and was expanded to the Gentiles. I don't believe it left the Jews, but I believe it expanded to the Gentiles. Now, let's go on. I'll back up. While Peter yet speak, spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, meaning the people that are the Jews, because they're the ones that were circumcised. And they of the circumcised which circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also, the Gentiles also, meaning before that, Gentiles hadn't got the gospel. They hadn't heard about Jesus. They didn't know, but if they heard that some guy was crucified, they didn't get it. They didn't understand. On the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak in tongues and magnify God, then answered Peter. Now, somebody said to me, well, how do you know that you're filled with the Holy Ghost? I said, if you speak in tongues, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but, but aren't there nine gifts? I mean, can't you have the other nine gifts? Well, the Bible says that the least of the gifts is speaking in tongues. So if you don't have the least of the nine gifts, then you don't have the other eight either. So it starts with speaking in tongues. And I don't know, Leslie and I prayed for over 2,000 people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, literally over 2,000 people have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at our anointing them and laying hands. And I'll tell you this, the one central single thing that we see that gets people filled with the Holy Spirit more than anything else is when they release their lips to the Holy Spirit. When they are willing to say to themselves, okay, okay, okay. I'm willing to let something come out of my mouth that is not exactly English. I don't exactly understand what I'm saying. I'm willing to let some words come out of my mouth believing that the Holy Spirit will then take over and fill me with the Holy Spirit. 
Those are the ones that get filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I didn't plan on talking about that. Maybe one of these Friday evenings. Okay. All right. Well, see, just like then, the anointing just touched me right there. Right there. As I'm saying that, so I guess I need to stop and talk about that. Okay. So, okay. All right. Fine. I guess there's people need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, the best way is to have the whole talk where I explain it all. I don't know. Maybe I should pull up the man. It takes some searching for me to find that, that, that PowerPoint, but I can do it off the top of my head. But anyway, he, so here's, here's my testimony. I'm getting filled with the Holy Ghost. In my almost 70 years, the one single greatest event in my life, of course, had to be getting baptized in water. But all I felt there was just a love and a peace come to my heart. It didn't make a big change in me, but getting baptized in the Holy Ghost made a big change. Okay, so here's here's my testimony. So, oh my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm deciding where I want to start this story. Okay, so this is how my first Bible study got started. So I, I was, I had, God had showed me that the Bible foretells the future. And I was shocked, having grown up in a, in a church, to learn that the Bible foretold the future. So I started devouring the Bible, all of the prophecies, reading and studying. And anyway, so I wrote up this paper where I was saying that I think Revelation 18 has to be talking about America. And it was like three pages long. And I had in my hand, I was walking out to my car one morning to go to work. And I looked across the street, and this lady I'd never seen was getting in the car uh, across the street. And I was impressed. I said, so are you a Christian? And she stopped having the keys in her hand, stopped, turned back to me, big smile on her face. And she says, why, yes, I am. I said, do you like Bible prophecy? She lit up again. She says, oh, yes, I do. I said, well, and here are three pages. I said, would you mind read this and tell me what you think? So she said, I'd be delighted. So that evening I got home from work, and uh, this is long for cell phones, 1980. This was probably 1986. I don't know. Maybe 1985. I don't know. Long time back. And um, you know, I pull up in the driveway, walk in the house. My wife says, what did you do? And I thought, I don't know. What is it now? <laughs> she says, I've had several neighbors been calling me all day long. They want to hold a Bible study, and they want you to teach them the Bible study. Really? I'm thinking, I need a Bible study. <laughs> they want me to do the Bible study? Yeah, they want to learn from you. So, okay. So about six or eight of these, these neighbors came over. I think most of them were women, but there was a few men too. And I remember I set up a little three by five, the, one of those whiteboards, the little marker boards. And I, I was setting it up. We were just starting to get started there. And, I, and, and as I started right on it, one of the legs kind of gave way and it kind of just fell out. I said, see, that's just the way it always is. When you're trying to make a point, a point there's some kind of a distraction. About that time, that lady that I'd given the three pages to stands up and she says, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I bind you, I cast you out of here, which, by the way, she should have cast out. 
And of course, this Baptist boy, I'm saying, okay, uh, don't say anything just because you haven't seen this kind of faith before. Don't say anything. So I just kind of picked up my marker and my eraser, got the marker board back in place, and I kept talking. But that called attention to this lady, something special about this lady. A couple of weeks later, Leslie comes to me and she says, are you listening to what this woman's saying? No. When? You know, when she's praying. Because she's praying in some other language. I don't know what it is. I can't understand it. What's going on there? I said, I don't know. Ask her. Long story short, I came home a couple of weeks after that. And the way our house was, when I walked in, I turned to the left. I had to come up the stairs to go to the living room. <coughs> and then up the stairs again to go to the bedroom. And as, as I walked in, Leslie walked by the stairs like this. And just that quick, I saw a difference in her. So I walked over and I said, all right, what is it? And she turned around with this look like the cat that just ate the canary, you know. This looked like nothing, nothing. <laughs> I said, what is it? There's something different about you. What is it? She says, you're not going to like it. I said, what? She says, well, that baptism of the Holy Spirit, I prayed for it and I got it. I said, you what? She said, that baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, I prayed for it and I got it. What are you talking about? Because I didn't know anything about a Holy Spirit at that time. She says, well, here, take this book and read it and it'll explain it to you. And it was the Bible way to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by Kenneth Hagin. I said, no, 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 nope. I uh, stick with the Bible. I don't want anything else. If it's in the Bible, I will research it. I will find it. I will believe it. I will do my own research. I don't need to hear what somebody else says. So I spent the next two days researching because I had got me one of those 8088 processor computers and I had it upgraded instead of just a single five and a quarter inch floppy. I mean, I had the really fast one. I had a dual floppy 8088 computer and by the way i paid 700 no 820 dollars for a 20 meg hard drive it was like this big big sucker 20 you'll never fill it up a 20 meg hard drive anyway it had to, the bible on it so i went to the bible and i started i did research every scripture had holy spirit and holy ghost in it i read not just those scriptures I read the chapter before and the chapter after because I didn't want some pastor come along saying, oh, well, you missed this scripture here. You didn't understand this. So, I mean, I did a thorough study. I spent two days on it. Finally, after I'd researched it, I could see, okay, well, wait, wait a minute. This baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is real. This is real. Now, I didn't catch that you're supposed to speak in tongues. And it's amazing how God just kind of blinds your eyes sometimes. So anyway, I went to Leslie and I said, all right, all right, all right. I read about this baptism of the Holy Spirit and I said, I want it. I said, but I don't want anybody praying for me except for you and those other three ladies that you said are, are speaking in tongues that we know are filled with the Holy Ghost. And said, 
would you call them and ask them if they'll come over and pray for me to get, to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, she didn't mention baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it was uh, Leslie and actually two other ladies. And so this lady walked in and she says, what do you want? And I said, I want that baptism of the Holy Spirit. She says, I knew it. And she pulled out her little bottle of oil. That's what this is. This is, uh, this is olive oil. This one's mixed with, uh, this is what I call revelation oil. This is, this is what I pray for people when, they, when I can pray for them to receive the, not only the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but also when I memorized the book of Revelation, uh, I got the spirit of prophecy. And God told me that anytime I wanted to, I could lay hands on people and they would also receive not only the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but also the spirit of prophecy so that they can understand the prophecies better. So anyway, she pulls out her little oil vial. She says, I knew it, the Lord, the Holy Spirit told me that that's what you can ask for. You ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, what do I do? I do, I, do I sit down, stand up, watch? She says, no, just, just uh, stand up there and, and hold your hands up and we'll anoint you with oil. We'll pray for you and you'll get it. Okay. So I stood up there, hold my hands up. They anointed me. They were praying for me. Well, again, nobody told me that you should try to let your mouth let, you know, like speaking in tongues come out. So they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And they finally, they got tired of praying. So they sat down. I said, is that it? And then she prophesied. I'll never forget these words. She says, you never said goodbye to your dad. And I said, oh, yeah, I did. And all of a sudden, something I can I, I, I can touch it even to this day. Right there, it's it's tender. To this day, right there, it's tender like no place else on me. All of a sudden, something hit me right there. And all of a sudden, whoosh. I mean, I, mean, I started, and this is the guy that didn't cry. Okay, Leslie makes fun of me now because I cry so easily. But there was a guy at the time I didn't cry. All of a sudden, whoosh, man, I mean, tears started coming out. I was boo-hooing. I mean, I was boo-hooing. I mean, it was like, uh, 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 <laughs> It was so bad that three ladies left the room. They couldn't be in the room with me bawling. I mean, I was bawling. I didn't understand what was happening to me. But the Bible says that God does not put new wine into an old wineskin. And see, this guy had had a lot of sins on me. And the Holy Ghost was changing my wineskin. He was cleaning out all of the filth. When I got done crying, which was quite a while, <laughs> when I got done crying, all of a sudden, I felt pure. I felt clean. I felt clean like I'd never felt in my life. I'd never felt this kind of clean. I had the Holy Ghost. Then I never did speak in tongues. Didn't know I was supposed to, but I got it. Next day, I went to an appointment. At the time, I was selling courses where people would come and take a course on public speaking or a sales training or management training and things like that. It was always very difficult to me because I would sit down and I would say, well, okay, so what do you need to improve on? They'd go, I don't know. 
I'm thinking, well, this conversation is not going very far if you don't know what you need to improve on. And my sales were not very good. I struggled a lot. Only this time, now I had the Holy Ghost and I could see right through them. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't understand at the time. But this guy had his wife beside him. And I said, may I tell you some things that I think I see? Yeah. So I read this guy's mail. I said, this is you. This is you. This is you. You know, you're uncomfortable in a crowd. You hate to speak up. Uh, You feel very self-conscious. You, when you do say something, it doesn't come out the way you wanted. You, you get your mind all confused. You can't. And his wife's saying, that's not him. Yeah. Yeah, he's right, honey. He's right. That, that, that is, that's not you. No, he, he's right, honey. He's right. He's right. I, I need to take that course. Now, that was 1987. I continued doing that until 1994. So for those six years there, I never missed it. Not one. I'll give you an example. I called, I can still remember the guy's name. I'll give you his first name. His name was Jim. And he was president of a bank in St. Mary's, Kansas, I believe it was. And I called on him. And so he he literally put his hands like this. He says, so why do I need to take the... <laughs> and he mentioned the name of the course. Why do I need to take that course? I said, well, you asked me. So I'll tell you. I said, you got the whole world fooled. Everybody thinks that you are Jim. And with his last names, there was a little plate on his on his desk that said, president of the bank. I said, everybody thinks you're president of the bank. Everybody thinks that you're Mr. Confident. You can handle any situation. Why you stand up and you give a speech and they think you're wonderful. They think you're man in charge. They think that you're the guy that has all of the answers. And I said, and you got them all fooled. I said, truth is, you're actually a very shy person. Truth is, you find a lot of things you have to do as president of the bank, that very difficult for you to do. You hate chewing somebody out. You hate reprimands. You hate having to hold meetings. You hate to stand up and talk for a group of people when they have, they stand, they think you're doing such a good job. You stand up in front of a group of people. I say, you can barely think. Your hands are shaking like a leaf. And finally, this guy okay. Have you been talking to my wife? <laughs> because the Holy Spirit was showing me who they were. From there, I started giving personal prophecies, giving over 5,000 personal prophecies. I'd like to say I never missed one. As far as I can say, I don't know that Leslie ever missed one, uh, but I know that in most cases, they were right on. Why? It's the Holy Ghost. I don't think I got the Holy Ghost to give people personal prophecies. I think I got the Holy Ghost because he put me to work for him. Everything changed when I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, I'll, I, 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 I guess I'm giving my testimony tonight. So I'll tell you another example. So that was December 7th, 1987. Got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The very next month, so now it's January 1988. 
attend a full gospel businessman meeting, Lawrence, Kansas. And I mean, I can still remember the guy's name that invited me and everything. I mean, so anyway, that night we had, uh, okay, let's see, what's his name? Uh, it's not coming to me. Maybe I'm not supposed to get that. But the guy stood up and he had an accordion, okay? And he would play this accordion. He would sing. He would give his testimony. Then he would stop. The Lord tells me that you've got back problems. If you let me pray for you at the end of this meeting, he's going to heal your back. Now, this Baptist boy sitting there seeing this, I ain't never seen nothing like this before. I'm thinking, is this real? He plays accordion, sing, tell, give his testimony. The Lord tells me that you've got a, a kidney problem. And when we're done, if you let me pray for you, God's going to heal your kidneys tonight. Really? Does God do that? So I was real interested to see if this was true. So when he got done talking, he asked for prayer. I mean, the line, the line formed real fast. There were about 125 people in the meeting that night. Line formed real fast. And I leaned over to Leslie and I said, uh, I said, you know, you, you, don't, you don't suppose that God could ever use me serving him? Would, would you pray that maybe God would somehow allow me to serve him? Would you, would you pray like that? So she prayed. And she, she went up and she, she got prayed for. Man, I mean, and, 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 and she got healed. She, got, she, had, she had some kind of a, a female thing that all of a sudden it went away. She got healed that night. And we were pretty sure she was heading to surgery, but she's never had trouble with it again. Anyway, so <clears throat> I was checking this out because he touched people. Boom, man, they'd hit the ground. Sometimes he wouldn't touch them. Sometimes he'd blow on them. Boom, they'd hit the ground. I'm thinking, is this real? So I walked up, <laughs> probably not polite, but I walked up and I would get right in their face. I mean, I wanted to see, and their eyes were, you know, like fluttering like that. You, you, you can't make your eyes flutter like that. You, you, these people are gone. I don't know where they were, but they were not there. They were out, every one of them, out. I was expecting to see their head, you know, like when they'd go slain in the spirit, their head would like slowly let down so it would, nah. Their head hit the ground or that concrete in there, boom, 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 boom. It bounced like a basketball. Not a one of them was hurt. Not a one of them got up, complained or anything. So I could see, okay, I mean, I got right in their face. I checked. I This Baptist boy going to check this out. Is this stuff real or what? I could see it was real. Just because I'd never seen any or been around something like this before, didn't have anything to do with it. This was real. So I thought, all right, I got to get me a dose of this. So I got in line. Finally, I went up there and I was... I was moving my hand back like this. I was about to ask him to pray from my back because I was always having my back hurt. And he grabbed both hands. He said, put your hands up, son. He said, the Lord's got a special double blessing for you, a double anointing. You're going to be a soul winner. You're going to save thousands upon thousands. The Lord wants you to know that all of your sins have been forgiven. No one had to tell me that was God talking. That was God talking to me. Now, in my opinion, that started because I saw something in the scriptures 
And I believed and I accepted. And that was that Revelation 18 is America. Consequently, a month later was when the lady walked up and handed me the audio tape of Demetri Dudeman giving his testimony. And now I can testify that I spent a lot of time with Dimitri. I was in his home. He asked me to go to Romania. I wish I'd, I'd turned him down. I wish I'd gone now. But I was in his home. He was in my home two different times. We put him on, I don't know, 10, 15 city speaking tour. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you to receive it because there is no distance in the Spirit. Even if you're watching this as a recording, if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you'll do what I tell you, you will get it unless, unless your heart is filled with too much sin. See, because years before I even met Leslie, I went to a, a Catholic meeting with my ex-wife and they were praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I was full of sin at the time. It wasn't coming into me. And nothing happened. And it shouldn't happen. But anyway, if you'll pray, then I'll pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, ideally, according to the scriptures, they laid hands on them or they blew on them and they anointed them with oil. But Leslie didn't have nothing that like that done. She just read that book, and she just prayed, and she asked for the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and she got it. So it is possible to get it without the oil, without the hands being laid on you. But I'll tell you what you have to do if you want to get it. Here's the secret. I'm going to pray. But then at some point, I'm going to stop speaking English. And I'll start speaking in tongues, and then you have to stop speaking English. No more English. You have to trust the Holy Spirit. See, because there is no power in this oil. Okay, There's no power in this oil. But what this oil represents is the blood of Jesus. And I'm going to ceremonially put it on you. That blood of Jesus washes your sins away. And when I say no more English, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, no more, do as I'm telling you to do. Follow the instructions. No more English. Ask for the Holy Spirit to come into you. Begin to speak with some other language, some other. It might not be anything big. It might be da da da. You know, to start with doesn't make a difference. Start it with something, and then the Holy Spirit will come in and take over. And boom, boy! I mean, you'll get a change. Don't want to have to tell you that you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and, and you will know you got it, okay? So here we go. Okay, so if we are live in the room, this is exactly what I would do. And Leslie and I have laid hands on over 2,000 people that have got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, changed their life. Here's exactly what I would do. I would take my revelation oil and I would put a dab on your forehead right here. Okay? So I will, I will put on my forehead anointing for you, okay? I put on your forehead, and I would say, I, I anoint you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I ask for the Holy Spirit to come into your life and fill you with the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. Next thing is I'm going to ask you to raise your hands as a sign of surrender. So if you're right there, I don't care if you're watching this in a video, raise your hands. Raise your hands right now in belief. Raise your hands. And here's what you do. I'm going to pray that you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
but you have to ask. At the end of the day, Bible says that he gives the Holy Ghost to those that ask. All you have to do is ask in Jesus' name that you receive the Holy Ghost and you will receive it, okay? So here we go. Raise hand, raise your hands wherever you are. Raise your hands. Oh, by the way, if you think you're in filled with the Holy Ghost, you got filled with it, you know, 19 years ago or three years ago, something like that, but it's been kind of dry, get another filling. It's okay. Just like you can get water baptized. I've been water baptized, I don't know, five or six times. You can water baptized many times. You can get also another fresh filling. So if you want a fresh filling, same thing. I anoint those people right now in the name of Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They raise their hands. So raise your hands right now, and I'm going to pray for you. And then when I say, now, no more English, you let something come out that's not English. Not English. You let it come out, and we're going to pray that, that baptism of the Holy Spirit comes into you, and then you're going to get on here, and you say two words. I guess it'd be three words. I got it. I got it. I got it. Where I got the Holy Ghost. Get on here. Tell somebody that you got it on, 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 the, on the, whatever the thing is here, the comments, okay? Okay, so put your hands up. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you fill them with the Holy Ghost. Fill them up, Lord. Touch them with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Fill them up right now in the name of Jesus. Give them the baptism of the Holy Spirit with all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Fill them up right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, ask for the Holy Spirit. Keep asking for the Holy Spirit to come into you. Continue to ask. Continue to ask. Ask for the Holy Spirit to come in. Keep asking. In Jesus' name, ask for the Holy Spirit to come in. Keep asking for the Holy Spirit to come in. Keep asking. Keep asking. Keep asking. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Show me the real part of the Holy Spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, here it is. Now, no more English. Let something come out that's not English. Any, whatever. Okay. Okay, what it is. Bought a Toyota, should have bought a Honda. Okay. Whatever it is. Let the words come out. And you'll feel that Holy Spirit come into you. Now, when you start speaking in that other language, don't stop. Not just one word, not just one syllable. Say it even more. Say it louder. When I'm in a group of people, I would say, say it even more, even louder. I want everybody to get louder and louder. And when the, the devil comes to you and says, oh, you didn't get nothing, you just turn to him and say, and you let it come out. Devil, what is that? Because that's not English. It's not Hebrew. It's not Spanish. It's the heavenly language. Now, I can show you scriptures. This is all backed up in the scriptures. And I expect to see some comments over here saying, I got it. I got it. Okay. We only got 20 minutes left to finish this thing here. So I'm not seeing any comments. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe they've turned me off or something. Maybe I got disconnected. Maybe I'm talking to the wind here. All right. So anyway, let's start verse 44. <clears throat> while Peter yet spake the words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. Man, I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm hot. All of a sudden, with the anointing come on me. And they of the circumcision which believe were astonished as many as came with Peter, because on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
for they heard him speak in tongues. How do they know? For they heard him speak in tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized with if received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So then they went down and got baptized. And I encourage you to go and get water baptized. Go to some church someplace. Matter of fact, that's nothing. I'd recommend you get into a church. I know they're probably teaching pre-trib and they're probably teaching out of the NIV and some other corrupt things, but it's important to be a part of a church. Go to a church. Okay. Well, comments. Let's see. That was the end of the chapter here. I should, if there's anybody else out there, should be getting comments, I think. Well, I don't know if I'm getting comments or not. I don't know if I'm live or not. Okay, well, I'll continue <clears throat> for another 20 minutes. Let's go to Acts chapter 11, verse 1. And the apostles and the brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Okay, so this is really, really big. And When Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised, and did eat with them. In other words, what are you doing? You're a Jew. You're not supposed to be going in and eating with them. Okay? But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. A certain vessel descend as it had been great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me. And upon the which, when I fasted my eyes, I have to click on it to get it to click here. Let's see. Whoops. Here, wait a minute. There we go. Mm. Uh, upon which I'd fasted mine eyes, I considered and saw four, saw four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts. That's strange. It's not showing all of the thing here maybe this is better i just noticed that let me back up here upon which they had fastened eyes i considered and saw four four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things not showing everything creeping things creeping things where are we here What I'm seeing is not the same thing you're seeing here. I'm trying to get that straightened out. Verse 7. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. And this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. And behold, immediately there were three men already coming to the house the, where I was, sent from Caesarea unto me, and the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, 
Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words where there, whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. In other words, they got the gospel. And as they began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye should be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Forasmuch then as God gave them the like gift as, the, as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus, what was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. I'm going to read that again. So when they heard these things, they held their peace. They realized that God has sent the gospel to the Gentiles. Now, they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none, but only the Jews, but, on, but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they heard to Antioch, spake to the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And much people was added unto the Lord. And then there departed Barnabas, and Tars Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul, when he had found him, he brought him at Antioch, and it came to pass that whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem and to Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea. In other words, send donations, send alms. Which also they did and sent to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. <clears throat> Chapter 12. I don't see any comments coming up, so I don't know. Maybe we got bumped off of the other platforms out there. I don't know. Anyway, I'll read one more chapter. Now about that time, Herod, the king, stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he, had, it, he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to further take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions quadru, of soldiers to keep him, intending that after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church of God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. So to get that, he's got four prisoners watching him, one on either side and apparently a couple at the door. Behold, the angel of the Lord came unto him, and a light shined in the prison and smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. 
And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Now, why is this important for us to read today? Why is this important for Christians living in America, going into the tribulation, perhaps we're even already in the tribulation, of which Michigan just passed a law that says you can be fined $10,000 or put in prison if you offend somebody by using the wrong pronouns. If you start, don't start respecting them that are LGBTQ and things like that, you can be arrested and fined. That's already apparently law, or I guess it's now got to be signs. Hopefully there's at least one more thing before it's actually law. So why is this important for us? It's saying that in our day and time, we're going to see some of our fellow brothers and sisters arrested. And even though they're put between two soldiers, two soldiers at the door, even though they're in chains, they, there's no way they could get out. It's important that we pray for them. And if we pray for them, as Peter was also released, it may be that our brothers and sisters, maybe it's even us that get arrested, and we also can be released. And he went out and followed him. And wished not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Okay, so Peter now has been released. The angel smote him on the side of the, the rib, wake him up, told him get his garments and leave. Walked out. All the doors opened up. So now he's out on the street. Peter's walking down the street and he's going, whoa, what is going on? Did I see a vision? He didn't even understand what had happened. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they came into the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened to them. So the iron gate sealed the city at night. You don't go in, okay? Don't come in, don't go out. And yet the gate just simply opened. Opened to them of its own accord. And when they went out and passed through onto the street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And Peter was come to himself. In other words, he finally said, what is going on? He finally starts coming out of this trance. So he uh, came out and passed one three, and forthwith the angel departed from him. Peter was come to himself. He said, now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so him. Then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. This is important for us living in 2023, possibly already in the tribulation. We're about to start seeing brothers and sisters arrested and fined and jailed for preaching the gospel. It's important for us to know this. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not alter that thing which had come out of his lips. If he has done it for one, he'll do it for another. It's important for us to remember to pray for these people as they start getting arrested, as Dana Coverstone was shown in a dream three years ago. 
But he, beckoning unto one of them with the hand to hold their peace, declaring unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go, show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Now, as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what was to become of Peter. Yeah, because, see, if the, the soldiers of that day let him loose, they gave their life. So those four soldiers that were seeing to it that Peter did not escape were probably killed. And when Herod had sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers. That means that very least they were beaten. He examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. So all four of those on the other side of, of Peter, dead. When he went down from Judea to Caesarea and there abode, and Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. But they came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus, the king's chamberlain, their friend, desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not glory, gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. And the word of God grew and multiplied. You know, one more scripture here. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. You know, when Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Ghost, they fell down dead. And in this case, God did a great miracle by bringing Peter out from two basically chained to him and then two others guarding the door, four soldiers. So Peter was taken out from the hands of four soldiers, which were then beaten and killed for letting him go. Those kind of miracles are about to happen in our day and time. When the judgment hits, we can see the judgment very, very close, my brothers and sisters. We can see it very close. I still don't see any comments coming, so some destinations won't get comments learning more. I, I don't I don't know. I, I I don't know what happened. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking to myself here. But anyway, we will still post it. L let me uh, conclude with a prayer. Lord, I do pray that you would open our eyes and our ears to hear and understand your word. And that in the days of trouble ahead that you would use us and we would see miracles. We would be able to lead many people, many, many, many people to you, Lord, and that you would be with us, speak to us, guide us, direct us, be that lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. Be that voice behind us speaking to us saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I guess maybe I should conclude by saying it's summertime. Summertime is the slowest time of the year for our ministry anyway. And so if God has blessed you, and if you can help us with a donation, that would be very, very, very nice. Also, I would suggest that you go to cornerstoneassetmetals.com, talk to them about your finances, go to josephkitchen.com and get yourself food enough so you can survive. Ideally, you should have seven years of food. 
Get yourself a Berkey water filter at prophecyclub.com. Get yourself prepared. Get yourself prepared. And I love all of you. And it was a wonderful time spending time with you. And hopefully everybody does get to see all of the comments. I don't know where they went. What happened? God bless you.